Hello, and welcome to the OnTIC Protective Intelligence Podcast. I'm Fred Burton, the Executive Director of the OnTIC Center for Protective Intelligence. During my years as a counterterrorism agent with the U.S. State Department and time spent as a physical security expert in the private sector, I've seen it all and met many fascinating people along the way. This podcast series explores the riveting world of protective intelligence through conversations with leaders in the security field. I'm Fred Burton, and now on to the podcast. Hi, I'm Fred Burton here today with John Haynes. John is the Senior Director of Protective Intelligence and Operations at Dell Technologies and has worked in that capacity for 17 years. John has responsibility for the company's executive protection, protective intelligence, and event security programs. Prior to his position with Dell, John served many years with the U.S. government in various assignments around the world to include security, protection, threat analysis, counterintelligence, and counterterrorism. John, welcome to the Ontic Protective Intelligence Podcast. Thanks, Fred. It's a real pleasure to be with you today. I'm really looking forward to this, John. Uh, you really have your finger on the pulse when it comes to this protective intelligence and executive protection space. And let's face it, these past 18 months have been very problematic for those of us in this business. How do you look at this from an executive protection perspective? Well, I, I think about it in several ways. And the first is that like the disease itself, uh, programs continue to evolve and change as necessary to, to meet the challenges that it presents. You know, I, I went to the John Hopkins website just a couple of days ago to kind of get uh, an updated count on the global impact of, of COVID. And we're, you know, we've crossed the 235 million cases worldwide, 4.8 million deaths as a result of this. As you are well aware, that's had a huge impact on every country in the world, every business sector, and, uh, and of course, uh, many EP and protective intelligence programs. At first, um, at least from my perspective, I was kind of thinking, well, this will be about a six-month problem at the most. Um, we'll have to be aware of where the hot, hot spots are. We'll have to uh, be a little better about our cleaning and, and sanitation procedures when we're traveling with executives, you know, on planes, hotel rooms, and in the cars. Maybe we bring a little uh, PPE with us, and, and by late fall, we'll, we'll let, this will all be behind us, and we'll be back to normal. Well, obviously, that's not the case, and here we are 18 months later, and it continues to evolve. And I think the, you know, the challenges and the problems that any team would face continue to evolve as well. Yeah, no doubt, John. And you and I have chatted about this for several months now offline. And this new normal that we're with, which appears to be how it's going to be in our business for the foreseeable future, would you agree with that? Uh, I would. I would. Um, and, you know, again, the challenges that I think are, well, certainly with us now, and I think that will be with us 
in the near term, or at least into the first half of 2022, uh, are going to be the the shifting demographics and the shifting policies of governments and companies on a global scale. So as you mentioned, you know, I work for Dell Technologies. We're a, a global company. We've got uh, offices all over the world. And when our executives get out on the road, what might be mandated in one country might be different in another. And even here in the U.S., um, we're seeing a lot of, of uh, mandatory vaccine policies are, are coming out more and more every week. And so now as a, you know, as an EP team, we're finding ourselves having to really monitor that closely so that we don't, you know, get ourselves or our executives sort of in a jam while we're on travel. The other thing that, um, that we weren't doing 18 months ago, certainly is, you know, we're, we're wearing even more hats than we used to. And again, a lot of it is around this, uh, making sure that we don't find ourselves in a, in a predicament where you leave, in this case, you know, you leave the United States, you go to a particular country, you think you understand the rules and the regulations, and then they change while you're away. And you have to be aware of even uh, the rules coming back into the U.S. if that's your home country. So um, things uh, that you know, we, we weren't maybe paying that much attention to 18 months ago that we really have to be watching closely now. Oh, no doubt, uh, John. I talk to CSOs and EP team leaders all the time and just the challenges of that and how, you know, it's really remarkable. You and I have both been in this business for quite some time and how we've had to adapt to this resilience of now not only staying abreast of the threat landscape, but factoring in the global health risks, as well as that from a tactical perspective as to some of the small cities that you may visit around the country. Yeah, no doubt. And, and you know, you, you mentioned the threat landscape, and I think, you know, COVID certainly ties into that. And I see them in, in sort of a parallel way. So we did some internal work on attacks against uh, business leaders. And we looked at the last 15 years and we found about 206 incidents uh, in that time frame. And these are incidents or attacks or issues directed towards CEOs and senior executives. So we ruled out military leaders, uh, elected officials, you know, things like that. Um, and within those 206 incidents, 86 percent of the time it was some kind of physical attack. 14 percent of the time it was cyber related, and um, about half of them were were taking place in the Americas. So uh, I think again a global issue when when you break it down like that. The biggest single year of incidents was 2020, and. And so that's when, you know, the pandemic really started to, to take off and we started to see these, these massive global disruptions. Um, obviously, a lot of other incidents and issues and, and things happening uh, all over the world that probably contributed to, to these trends as well. But, uh, but COVID is right in the middle of it. And, you know, we're, 
we're three quarters of the way through 2021, and it looks as if the, the, those numbers will be similar to last year. So I think the, uh, the COVID issue will uh, continue to impact uh, business leaders and, uh, and create these vulnerabilities or, or data points that, that we have to certainly be aware of, looking for these trends and looking for uh, the areas where you know, these, these problems might, might pop up. Yeah, that's fascinating data, John, and I I really appreciate you sharing that with our listeners. That that also tracks with uh, our mid-year protective intelligence study as well, and and certainly, you know, we look at this in context with the angst that this is causing out into the workplace, out into the world that we travel in, just from a mental health perspective. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Again, I, I think uh, certainly you, the Ontic team, very aware of this. Uh, most of the the uh, our colleagues in the industry that I talk with or benchmark with are, are aware of of the mental uh, illness issues. That again, I think we could lay at the doorstep of COVID nineteen uh, a dramatic rise in the number of cases and, and concerns around it. At, at you know. At its worst, uh, people lash out in, in violent ways, and, and we're seeing that um, continue, uh, unfortunately. And not, I can't say at best, but, but it, it's something that I don't know that we focused on this as intently a couple of years ago as we do today. And, and when I, I guess I think about it along those lines, I know that. In, internally, we stay really closely aligned to internal partners such as HR, environmental health and safety, regional security managers, et cetera, and externally partnering with you know companies like Ontic and and others to help identify those trends and just stay a half a step of a potential problem. But uh, again, it's one of the I think the fallouts of of the pandemic. Are people being isolated? People being separated from the things that they normally love to do, and uh, and that's created this whole new area for EP teams to really uh, keep an eye on. We'll get back to the conversation in just a moment, but first, I wanted to tell you a little about Ontech Center for Protective Intelligence. In the world of protective intelligence, we know that gathering and sharing information is crucial. This is why we created the Ontic Center for Protective Intelligence. We're regularly sharing strategies and best practices, insights learned from current and historical trends, as well as lessons learned from physical security experts like you. To find blogs, podcasts, webinars, white papers, and more, check out the center by visiting ontic.co slash center. That's ontic.co slash center. As you look at this industry, or you reflect back on how far we've come, how do you see technology on the horizon helping executive protection or protective intelligence teams? 
yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, you know, if we could do it without it anymore. Well, we could, you know, but Fred, like you and you and I, we can go back to the old pen and paper, you know, <laughs> the three by five index cards, right? Exactly, and make it work, right? But, uh, but no, I mean, uh, the technology um, that ha- has helped helped us uh, in our communications, our ability to share information, manage information, retrieve information uh, that's very relevant in real time um, is, has been, you know, game changing. I think that will continue. I think, you know, companies will, will continue to, to improve their own offerings and uh, the speed in which, you know, technology comes at us these days. I, I certainly don't see that going away anytime soon. And I would look for, for new uh, and innovative technologies coming in in the months and years ahead, which will help us in, in, in our space here of protective intelligence and executive protection. No doubt. And as I think about this business too, and reflect back, John, and you look at uh, how we get data today in real time and just the alerts, and do you think we've gotten to the point where we receive too much information in our space? Well, that's a really good point. And I, I think it, the answer can be yes and no. I, I think it becomes a, something that we have to manage because there, in my experience, there absolutely is information overload or can be to where you're, you're getting so much data that it, it's hard to even keep up with it. And when that happens, there's a tendency to start ignoring or it just becomes white noise in the background. And that's when something can be missed. So I think it's, it is very important that the teams process the information, have processes in place that make sense, that move information to key stakeholders, if possible, in an automated way, uh, going back to your technology question, Fred. But sometimes it's still manual. But to me, the key is having the right processes in place getting the information in front of the right people that can triage it, decide whether or not it's important or whether or not, yes, this needs immediate attention or this can wait until tomorrow or a couple of days from now. And um, if, you, if you have that, then I think you're, you're in a good place. If not, then it's kind of like you standing on the beach as the tsunami comes and you know, there's, there's, there's just no place to go. And as you look out over the horizon, John, in this space, and you had to pull out your crystal ball and and look at our industry, executive protection, protective intelligence, let's say three to five years from now, where do you see us going? Well, I think I think the trend will continue, and I think we'll continue to see a bit of a shift, or I should say more of an emphasis on the protective intelligence side of the business. So while it, I, I believe it's still very important to have a physical presence when we're supporting executives, leveraging technology, leveraging protective intelligence um, is just an incredibly critical piece of, of, of anyone's program. Um, without it, I, where we are here in 2021, I'd, I feel almost that you'd be flying blind. You know, just sort of going 
to the old days of just reactive uh, security, a reactive security program or a reactive security approach, just having a lot of bodies around, hoping that you can handle anything that, that comes your way. I really believe that if you can see the problem coming or if it's just around the corner, or again, just being a half a step ahead of it, then you know, avoiding the problem before it ends up on your doorstep is far preferable than having to, to deal with it head on. So the intelligence piece, the again, the organizing of the information, the vetting of the information, the triaging of that information, sharing it with the right stakeholders, and, and then having those processes in place, again, is just, to me, incredibly critical. Yeah, no doubt. And, and especially for someone like yourself that, uh, you know, is working for a company that is all over the world and trying to manage uh, a range of different variables from supply chain to pandemics to a uh, lot of weather, let's face it, uh, impact uh, operations for folks in our business uh, and uh, trying to stay abreast of that in a 24 by 7 capacity can be overwhelming. Yeah, I, I, you're absolutely right. And, and again, I'll go back to kind of what I mentioned earlier. I, I think because of that, Fred, you, you know, it, it's critical that we maintain great relationships with our internal and ex external partners so that we don't get siloed into our own little world and we're not, again, sharing information. We're not uh, looking at, you know, threats, potential threats in, in the same or through the same lens. If we stay uh, connected uh, that way, then, you know, it, the problems aren't as great, you know, when everybody's rowing in the same direction. John, you've mentored uh, a lot of people in this space over the years. And from a leadership perspective, what advice would you give to those who may be listening to this that either want to get in this space or want to be an EP boss or run a protective intelligence team? What words of wisdom would you pass along? <laughs> words of wisdom, huh? I think, uh, I think kind of having a, a real broad skill set and appreciation of, of the business. Again, it, it really isn't um, being 280 pounds, sort of this intimidating character that stands in front of a, you know, an executive or a boss and with the sunglasses on and, you know, everybody stay back, you know. Maybe in the in the music or industry, maybe that works. It doesn't work very well um, in in the business environment. So I think you have to have an appreciation and at least a working level understanding of you know, physical security, cybersecurity, uh, protective intelligence, and and understand that your job, your role, your team's role, touches all of that. And it's not just about having a physical presence right next to an executive. And I think if you, you kind of have that mindset that, and understand that, you know, you're there obviously for a specific reason, safety, security, well-being of, of, uh, of your senior executives, but you also have to understand 
and be able to, in my opinion, show and document that you bring value to the company. So that that's probably what I would share with somebody looking to get into the business. Very sage advice. Uh, I'd like to switch gears for a minute, John, and ask you, you've had a long and storied career with the U.S. government and now with the high-tech sector. What keeps you up at night? Hmm, that is a, you know, that's a good question. I think um, a couple of things. One, and we touched on it earlier, you know, the, the mental illness issues that we're seeing uh, around the country and around the world, coupled with the ongoing concerns around lone, lone wolf uh, activity, people being inspired by radical thoughts uh, that, the, you know, that they may see on the internet. I saw that Al-Qaeda just did their first English publication of the Inspire magazine in, in a number of years. That came out a couple of months ago. Uh, and, you know, those, those concerns, those threats, um, and somebody finally saying, uh, okay, today's the day. Uh, I want to go out and, and let the world know that I'm unhappy. Whatever my issue is, whatever uh, I think, you know, however I've been wronged, uh, today I'm going to go out and, and, and end it all. And those are very, as you know, Fred, they're very hard to, to know, to predict, uh, to get advance warning on. And so things like that uh, I think about and, and, and worry about. And then at, a, I guess, maybe a, a much larger sort of geopolitical level, um, major global or, or perhaps regional conflicts that would be incredibly disruptive. To, to daily operations, and I think would create uh, regional and global challenges and concerns for just about any EP team. Yeah, no doubt, like uh, hostility in the South China Sea. Yeah, absolutely, right. I mean, you can almost pick, pick your region these days, and, and there seems to be an issue that, that could break bad quickly on any given day. Well, John, this has been awesome. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you would like to say? Um, I would just say one of the things that we try to do with our team here at Dell, and, and again, I, I get this um, from a lot of the, you know, the mature programs uh, that we talk to on a regular basis, and I, and I do think it's very important, is the data uh, around metrics. So how many concerns and issues are you dealing with? How are you dealing with them? How do you differentiate what you might consider a high risk to a medium risk to a low risk? And then again, getting that information into the hands of, of the right people. I think um, something that you know, we weren't really doing a whole lot of uh, in years past, but that we're doing a fair amount now and something that I think we'll definitely continue to do uh, in the future. Well, thank you, John. We really appreciate you being on the OnTech Protective Intelligence Podcast. Thank you, Fred. It was a real pleasure to be here. This episode was brought to you by the OnTech Center for Protective Intelligence. Learn more at ontech.co slash center. Again, that's ontech.co slash center. It was produced by A.J. McKeon. Our music is a track called Monte Verde Ride 
and was written by Brian Bristow and performed by Smokin' Novas. Check them out on Spotify. Please remember to rate and review our podcast on iTunes and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have questions, we'd love to hear them. You can reach us at podcast at ontic.ai or visit ontic.co slash center for more information. I'm Fred Burton. Thanks for listening.